Hey folks, how about a really, really nice round of applause for Dr. Joseph Yang, my oral surgeon who extracted one of my molars yesterday. So some of you would think, you sure it's a good time for a podcast? Of course it's a good time for a podcast. I got all the medications I need, all the pills, all the prescriptions. I'm ready to rock. Actually, I am pretty puffy in the face. And I got that cracked tooth removed. So it means my healing journey is underway. We have started the process. The process is actually seven months. They don't put an implant in there for four more months. And then three months after that, they put a crown on top of it. So it looks normal again. So for seven months, I'll be working without a full grill. For seven months, I'm really going to try to persevere And just try to be my best, Josh. No. It's a good time to be alive, though. Could you imagine if I had a cracked tooth in 1781? If I was just alive in 1781, hey, I'm living my life. What's the year? It's 1781. Oh, that sounds rather unfortunate if you have a cracked tooth. What will they be doing for you at the dentist today? Well, they'll be smashing me over the head with a brick. Hmm. That doesn't sound worth it. But I go in yesterday morning, and it's like, so easy for this guy. Dr. Yang, give it up. Dr. Yang comes in. Hey, Josh, how are you? This is just a little pinch, a little pinch, as he's putting all the numbing agents into my gums. A little pinch here. Big needles, shoving them into my face, making small talk. Great personality on this surgeon. Assistant so sweet. Hey, Josh, what kind of music you want to listen to? They actually sound like they're having a good time. About to yank a tooth out? This is what they do all day? But here's the gross part. Of course, I'm numb. I don't feel anything. But you can still hear it. And they take it out in pieces. They crack it out of there. Oh, shit. Are you squirmish? Are you queasy? Picturing a tooth getting broken down and then removed. And then he stitches it up and says, have a good one. Enjoy all the yogurt and all the applesauce and all the soup. That's the biggest bummer. I can't eat shit. It's all liquid for a few days. But the surgery started at 9.10 a.m. And I was out of there at 9.50 a.m. They work quick. It's a good time to be alive for a lot of medical procedures. For a lot of operations. You've probably had something in the last couple of years. You've probably had something. Now picture, if you had that same ailment, what would have happened to you in 1781? Okay, ask yourself that question. If you're listening right now, and eh, in the last two years, you've probably had a little procedure, probably went to the dentist or the doctor for something. Hey, could you take care of this? And they said, of course. It's 2021, of course. But what the hell would they have done to you in 1781? They would have asked you to take a few steps over to that cliff edge. Just take a few steps. Good. And now Sherman, we're ready for you. And Sherman just comes over and kicks you off that fucking cliff. What's Sherman's business title? Practitioner. That's it. You have an ailment and it hurts. Boom! Sherman's going to kick your ass right off the cliff. But instead, I got Dr. Joseph Yang. Joseph Yang. Build a statue for this guy. And no, truthfully, it's not a great time to do the podcast. Because they said just rest, no exercise, no swimming. No smoking, no booze, no roller coasters. It's a long list of no-nos. 
No Gravitron at the county fair. We want you to really try to stay off the Gravitron. We don't want you to be magnetically sucked up against the wall as the ground falls out. And that weird meth head DJ in the middle is screaming at all the kids. We don't want you to do the Gravitron. Stay off of fishing boats if you can. Very specific. Try to avoid bluegrass festivals. Okay, I wasn't planning on it. What? And if you're headed to Marine World Africa, USA, maybe a half day. You're recommending a half day at Marine World Africa, USA, which it's not called anymore. But some of you remember when that's exactly what it was called. Cold. Can't even open my fucking mouth. I'm being serious right now. This will not be a good episode for enunciating. 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 You know what? I'm just going to bring this up right now. There are some songs I like, and I have no clue what the lyrics are. No clue. And I think that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But it can't be totally mumbled. Right? You got to enunciate a little bit. I'm not saying I need to understand all the lyrics, but you have to enunciate a little bit, right? I mean, give me a chance. At least give me a chance to sing the wrong lyrics. But there is one song that I can't do. I can't do it. You try to help me right now. Tell me what David Gray is saying in the hit song Babylon. I'm being totally serious. I'm going to play it right now. I'm just going to play it. I always have my Spotify ready. And you tell me what you hear. And I will tell you what I hear. And then I'm going to Google the lyrics. Guarantee we will both be wrong. Actually, not making a joke. That's exactly what I hear. All right, your turn. Just repeat after David. Hey, David, it's a great song. It's a great song. People love it. I know most of the other lyrics. I can hear you. So I know you have the ability to enunciate. But what are you saying? That's a way to torture yourself, isn't it? That's probably a form of torture to just be stuck in a room while David Gray's Babylon is on loop. And you're saying, what? What is he saying? Come on, David. All right, are you ready for the reveal? Are you ready? I don't need a drum roll. I'm just going to give it to you right now. Let go of your heart. Let go of your head and feel it now. And then he says it five more times to end the song. And it fades away. Babylon. So I say, let go of your heart. And you could understand what I'm saying. 
But if I just was talking to you and I said, oh, yeah, you'd say, stop that. But what if I also said, go your way? You'd say, hey, enough's enough. And then if I said, and I was actually trying to say, and feel it now. But instead, I was just compelled to pronounce it like, like I said, I could handle some singers that are belting a tune and I can't really pick up the word here or there, but I can't handle this mumble jumble and nonsense. However, I think it's a good song. Like on a scale of one to 10, 10 is your favorite song. That is a classic 6.8, seven. I'll give it a seven. That's a seven. That song is a seven. Although this whole podcast will not be known for enunciating because old Papa Jay is missing a tooth. This is the hobo episode. I'm missing a key tooth in the back. So it's going to be a great summer. You know it is. You know it is. You taking any road trips this summer, are you? Yeah. You know how you're able to just drive and drive and drive and your brain goes into autopilot? You still know how to steer. You still know how to hit the accelerator, hit the brakes, exit to find a bathroom or a fast food place. Go left, go right. You could do all of this on autopilot. My wife and I were just talking about autopilot mode. When your brain goes into autopilot, do you even know what's happening? Think about the other things you could do on autopilot. Drive a car, which sounds crazy, but we all drive our cars on autopilot most of the time because we're thinking of other things. We're mentally multitasking. When you tie your shoes, you're not saying, all right, and the shoelace goes here. You're not focused on that. You're just doing it on autopilot. When you're brushing your teeth, you're not saying toothpaste right here and then got the back molars, got the front. You're not, you're not, you're not focused on that. It's too familiar. So your brain just categorizes that into things I could do and think about other things. Things I could just do in the background. It's so weird how long this list is of things we could do. We could just daydream through a large percentage of our day while we're thinking about other things. As we grow up, we just apply so many things to memory. And it's called DMN. Remember these letters. Default mode network. Just think of it as your default mode. When your brain goes into autopilot. And scientists have studied this to try to see why are our brains so active when they're resting? Wakeful rest. We always just say, my mind is wandering. But you're able to do so many tasks while your mind is wandering. Is it dangerous? Probably. But what's the reason for it? It's so we could be a little more productive can do a bunch of things while doing other things. And we think, hey, we're multitasking. But what you're really doing is disrupting the flow of whatever you're doing with interrupting thoughts. That's what's happening. And I'm actually not trying to correlate this to meditation, even though that's how a lot of people think of DMN, your default mode of just thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and thoughts. I'm more interested into the things we can do while we're having those thoughts and thoughts and thoughts and thoughts. There are people who could even have conversations and they look like they're listening because they're nodding and they might repeat the last thing you said. If you're like, yeah, so our one month old isn't really sleeping through the night, but soon we'll get some of that booby milk in a bottle and it'll make things easier. Then the other person just goes, yeah, easier, huh? They're not listening to you. They're in the default mode. 
They're trying to multitask. I'm having a conversation with this person, but I'm also having other thoughts in my head. People who have overly active DMN are prone to having disorders, physical and emotional disorders. So you almost have to work on getting out of that. Next time you're driving, just snap out of it at some point and go, okay, I'm looking at the road instead of driving for an hour and saying, I have no recollection of any of the road. We've all been there. I have no recollection of any of the road. Why are our brains like this? If you have little kids, you notice they're just present in whatever they're doing. Usually little kids aren't daydreaming because tying shoes and brushing teeth. And even as they become teens and learn to drive cars, it's so exciting. So in a way, it is sad to think about the amount of things that are no longer really exciting. It's not exciting for me to drive my car. It's not exciting for me to learn a new chore or task around the house. Like sweeping. Sweeping? So boring, right? You give a broom to a three-year-old, though? Sweeping is all of a sudden an adventure. Sweeping is fun to just be that present. And then what we do is we get so familiar with all these tasks that we just label it. I heard Pete Holmes talking about this. We've placed labels on so many things throughout society that now as we walk through a typical day of our lives, there's very little excitement. Maybe this is why people are so drawn to the apps. Let me see what's going on in your world on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Let me hear from other people because my day today, it's just too mundane. It's too monotonous. A lot of people, even if you love your job, you love your family, with the labels that we've placed on everything in society, there's not a lot of newness. There's not a lot of that, ah, whoa, that's so wonderful. I didn't know that. And then once you know something, isn't it sad how it just becomes dull? Early fascination in a topic or in an activity, and then it just becomes stored in your brain, and soon you'll be able to do it and think of other things. The newness goes away, that shiny newness, it just goes away. And as you become older, the monotony makes days fly. Makes days fly. One year to an 80-year-old person must feel like a decade to my three-year-old daughter. You remember when summer break felt like it would never end as a kid? Now, at my age, summer break is so damn quick. Plus, most people aren't really multitasking. Anybody who says they can multitask, I don't know. There's really a small percentage of people that can truly multitask. Most of the time, it's our brain just not lending its full function to something and then putting its function in another and then saying, yeah, I could do so many things at once. Look at me. No, you can't. You probably do a couple of things real shitty and then put your focus on one thing and then tell everyone you can multitask. Such a small percentage of people can actually multitask, but we all attempt to. You know, the beauty of when our brains really go into a different sphere, into a different mode, that is straight up REM sleep, sleep. That is when the theater begins. Good night. Good night. I'm about to go unconscious next to you on a mattress. Okay, good night. I'll see you in eight hours. Wonderful. Terrific. And in those eight hours, I'm just going to have my imagination go into areas I don't know it's going in. And I'm probably going to see a bunch of people alive and dead for the next eight hours. And then I'll wake up and remember very little of it. See, dreams we could analyze forever. And I like how random they can be. I do. And then I like talking to other people about the motifs. Have you ever had your teeth break out of your face in a dream? People go, yeah, what's that mean? Oh, fear of public speaking. Have you ever been chased by a snake? Yeah, what does that mean? Um, it's phallic, so maybe fear of penises. I don't know. I've read this. I've Googled it. I've checked out books on dream interpretation. It's probably a lot of guessing, right? 
dream experts. Who are dream experts? Yeah, so I was dreaming that a grizzly bear was chasing me through a forest and a dream expert says, yeah, I hear a lot of that. It means you're scared of learning a new language. Oh, okay. The old grizzly bear dream equates to that. Some of them are very specific. What about going to school naked? Have you had that dream? Or just being in public butt naked? Have you had that dream? How about you still have unfinished assignments in school? Your transcript is incomplete. Have you had that dream? You were late for a test? What about a previous career you had? Have you had a dream where you're just terrible at it? You're back in that old job and you're like, I don't remember how to do any of this. Everything's going wrong. Have you had that dream? Yeah. What about shot? You ever been shot in a dream? Have you? Hurts, right? I've been shot in a dream. It hurts. Doesn't kill you though. As Freddy Krueger taught us, you can't die in your dream. And if you do, oh boy. You ever had someone morph into someone else in your dream? You're talking to grandma, you're talking to grandma, you're talking to grandma, and boom. Now it's Cliff from Cheers. You're talking to Cliff from Cheers, who was the drunkest mailman in Boston. Cliff, every day during your shift, you're popping into the bar to have a few? Come on, Cliff. Hey, Cliff, we love your one-liners. We know you and Normie are good buddies, but Cliff, we're having some issues with your delivery route. We find that around 5 p.m. it stops. Yeah. And then a lot of people just don't get their mail. Cliff, is that because... All right, hand in your badge to the mail chief. Hand in your badge, Cliff Clavin. You've been drinking on the job every single night. The hell was I talking about? Dreams. I know I was talking about dreams, and now Cliff is in the podcast. Why? I don't know. But here, here's actually the point. Now I'm remembering. Oh, God. Sorry, just knocked over a little lamp. Not a big one. Don't worry. All right, got it. We're good. Okay. Um. Oh, shit. Yes, yes, yes. Dreams can also be interrupted. You know, the beautiful flow of our subconscious could be interrupted by whatever you're looking at before you go to sleep. So if you're on your phone too much and that glow of whatever you're scrolling through, whatever bullshit you're scrolling through, if you bring it to the bedroom or your laptop to the bedroom, Sometimes you're on Facebook and you'll just click on somebody's page. Oh, look, they took a vacation or look who had a baby. And then that person is now in your dream. We've all had that, right? Where you're looking at someone else's life through Instagram, through Facebook. And then that person's now in your dream. Happens. Happens. I once clicked on Vachi Kupelian's Facebook page and Vachi was in my dream. If you don't know who Vachi is, he's actually real. I didn't make him up. Vachi has been in my dream because I've clicked on his Facebook page and I go, hey, Vachi's a dad. He has two kids. Look at Vachi. Then I go to sleep and I wake up the next day and go, that was eight hours of Vachi in my dream. Vachi Kupelian. Greatest name ever? I think it is. But something scary happened last week. The Padres and Nationals, this is real. The Padres and Nationals were playing a game in D.C. And during the game, There were gunshots right outside the stadium gate. This is in Washington, D.C., right outside of Nationals Park. Padres and Nationals players all hear the gunshots. Fans all hear the gunshots, and it becomes mayhem. The game stops. The Padres players are looking for their families. They're running into the dugout. Fans are running onto the field trying to seek refuge by running into the dugouts. The PA announcer says, ladies and gentlemen, please remain inside of the stadium. Whoa, shelter in place during a baseball game? They stop the game. And then 15, 20 minutes later, they say, all right, 
This game has been canceled, postponed. You may now leave. And the way the fans leave is almost like they're dodging bullets because it's in their head. There was a shooting. They've stopped the game. The players made it look serious. A lot of the fans have run into the dugouts or to the exits. So the footage, and here I am now on Twitter, on all the news websites, CBS, CNN, NBC, Fox. I'm just going to every website, every website to see the story. And it's big news. Padres Nationals game canceled due to gunshots outside the stadium. I guess it was car-to-car gunshots. But there was a lady who was going to the game that got shot. I don't think anybody died, but I couldn't just handle the story ending. So I kept refreshing the latest tweets about it, looking for more footage. And the footage of people fleeing the stadium, it really does look like a sci-fi movie. Actually, it looks like a horror movie of people just running for their lives. Could you imagine little kids who wanted to just go see their favorite team, their favorite players, exiting the game that way as parents are covering them and running full speed through the streets and parking lots? It was so sick. It was so disgusting. To see this because my memories of baseball as a kid are just the greatest memories ever. And to think that I know it's rare. I know it's rare. But me just looking at this story here in California, picturing taking my daughters to a game one day and thinking, wait, that's a possibility. That's even a possibility in this country, in this world full of mass shootings. That's even in my head. That resides somewhere in my head to distract me from the beauty of baseball with the family. There were aerial shots above, and it made humans look like ants just scurrying away. And like I said, I'm refreshing this, about to go to sleep. This is at night, and I'm still reading articles. What happened? What happened? Where was the shooter? Where'd the players go? And the quotes are very jarring from the witnesses and the bystanders. And then my dreams throughout the night just became that. I dreamt that I was at the game and I was seeing bullets. I mean, my dreams were so morbid, almost saying them out loud. Sounds a little crazy right now. But I was watching people. This is just my dream. Watching people in the stadium getting shot and bullets just whizzing through hair. People surviving and just walking around wounded. So what's the lesson? I guess I'm just going to have to put that phone away one full hour before bedtime. Because what am I really scrolling through? Vachi Kupelian and a shooting at a Padres Nationals game? I don't really need these things, do I now? Do I now, you hear? When did I even become such a news addict? I check the news like 10 to 15 times a day. Oh, there might be more news. I must know about the news. Oh, there was a city council meeting. I must know. What did they say? Who gives a shit? I got to tiptoe away from the news and away from my default Mode, network, brain. Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Fayolo, Babylon. You've all had that though. You looked at someone's page before you went to sleep and you had eight hours dreaming of them. You looked at the wrong news story. A bunch of white supremacists gathering on a beach for a rally and that was your dream, right? You don't need it. Let's all go on a news fast. News fast, as my friend Jason called it. Healthy. That's so healthy. I'm doing it. I'm going to vow right now, the next two days. You don't think I could do it? I'll report back next week. I'm going to try to do a two-day news fast, because I don't think I'll be missing anything. 
And I know where my eyes should be. They should be on this one-month-old daughter who's just very cute. This is the sweet part of the show. Buckle up. Actually, this gets a little weird. But I was telling my wife, we take a lot of photos of this baby, but it's really tough to capture what my eyes see. So I made the comment, I wish my eyes could become cameras for a moment, just a blink, and then capture that picture that my eyes see when the baby's in my arms and I'm just staring into the baby's eyes and I'm like, that's a photo. I know even that mindset is not mindful. I should just say, I'm present in this moment, but a part of me wants to capture it and say, I wish I could just record with my eyes because if I grab the camera, I can't capture it. Where am I going to put this technological device just right in her face for a close-up? That's not a nice moment. So I just said to my wife, I wish I could just turn my eyes into a camera for a moment to capture this cuteness. And she said, oh, like that black mirror. I was like, what? She's like, they did a black mirror episode about this. Now, first of all, I can't handle black mirror, that British sci-fi horrific psychological drama thriller show on Netflix. I can't handle it. My wife has never missed an episode. She can watch it. She can watch it and then just go along with her night. If I watch it, probably need a therapist because the themes, the not so distant future about where human activity could be leading us to like, where are we really going? We keep building on previous technology. Where are we going into the world of artificial intelligence? Black mirror covers the dark side of human behavior. And it's a futuristic show. I've seen about three or four episodes and they always cause me to just breathe heavily. But when my wife said that, like the Black Mirror episode, I'm like, no, what? No. And then she showed me what she was talking about. I actually watched the full episode. I think it was season one. And it's the story of a couple. A couple. Married with a little baby. And they have these devices implanted in their brains right behind their ear just something electronic is in their heads where they can record everything about their lives and then they're always holding this little thing like a remote control where they can rewind and then just watch it on a screen but they have access to their entire lives to really see the accuracy of a memory from when you were 10 15 20 25 now i wouldn't want that of course but they all have it in the show except for one girl she had hers removed well, one of the guys is jealous, jealous of his wife's past. Tell me about your ex-boyfriend. And she's like, it was just a week. And he was in the episode too. If you've seen this one, I'm probably going to get the details wrong. But if you're a boyfriend or a husband and you're grilling your mate about their exes and their previous sexual experiences, it's not going to end well. But in this black mirror, nothing could possibly end worse than this episode. Because sometimes when you ask your mate, I'll just use the word mate. When you ask your mate, mate, about how many people they've slept with or how many boyfriends they've had, they can lie and then you move on with your day. They can just lie. Well, not in this episode. He said rewind and he wanted to find the guy who she lied about and they had sex and then he's starting to wonder, wait, am I even the father of our baby? Now, I'm not getting all the details correct, but there is a point. And the point is how great that during any argument, if you have a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife right now, if you're in a relationship, how great that some of these arguments can just end without anyone being proven right or wrong. That's a good thing. That's what this episode taught me. If you're ever in a fight with your wife or your husband and you're trying to prove, no, you didn't say that. 
No, you didn't say that a week ago. And your mate is saying, yes, I did say that a week ago. How great that you can't just go to the footage and see in that moment who's right and who's wrong. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Evidence is bad in a relationship. Sometimes you just got to go, I don't remember. And then it ends. Or what do you care? Let's just change the subject. But if everything was proven with footage, because your whole life was being filmed through your eyes, you're filming everything from birth to death. And even right now, I could just access, let me see my bar mitzvah. Actually, that's actually filmed. That's the only thing that's filmed. What a shitty reference by me right there. Okay, that was actually filmed. But if I was just like, hmm, let me take a look at my first kiss. And I could just watch that right now when I was, I think, I don't know, 12. That'd be weird. That'd be weird. I like the fact that we're able to romanticize and glorify some of the things in our head or misremember. I think it's actually kind of cool that we get to misremember some things and then they turn into theater in our brains. But the idea that it's all recorded and you have to prove everything to everybody at all times, that's some scary shit. Do I recommend this episode? Yes. Will you scream at your TV? Yes. Will you be sad? Yes. Is this episode over? God, yes. <sighs> I got to take some meds, folks. It's been a great time sharing the microphone with you. It's been so much fun and so special to record this episode with all of you. Someday I'll get my tooth back, but it'll be fake. It'll be an implant, and then it'll have a crown on it. And then that's seven months from now, so I'll be able to show my face again. Until then, I'm just going to bury myself under a seashell. Seashell. Hey, sir, can you enunciate a little more? Uh Uh-huh. Episode 149. Now, and now... It's in the books. Okay. All right. I'll talk to you soon.